Hello friends and enemies and welcome to Changelog. I'm Chris, your magnanimous game designer. On this episode I talk to Stop Hack and Roll host James Moy about open-ended questions, collaborative storytelling, and recording your friends playing games. Are you ready, listeners? Yeah, I got rid of the intro bots. Lazy. And welcome to Changelog, the 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 podcast without a proper way to start it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I in the actual game now, I have rolled my intro and outro into the actual just standard recording, so I don't have to nice. do recordings afterwards. Uh, but I didn't think far enough ahead to do that with this one. So for stop back and roll, we record the intro sequence, the bit at the beginning, uh-huh. at the end of the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, uh, because we can make a joke about what's going on in the podcast. But that means right. that the very beginning, we like never quite know how to actually start. It's a it's a weird it's a weird thing because we, we do that in uh, in my other podcast, Mobile Suit Fandom. Except the idea is me and me and my co-host will just talk for a little bit, yeah. and then he will interrupt me suddenly <laughs> with this like a very loud hello, and that means that we start the podcast. Yeah, I guess maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just start yelling at my guests. As like and beginning. <laughs> Podcasting's hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we're not here to talk about podcasting. We're here to talk about game design. Yeah. That's true. Uh so for those that don't know, you are James. That's and true. They would have seen it on the thing. James Malloy. You uh uh you are a noted podcaster and game designer and uh, internet poker. Yep. Um <laughs> I do I do all of those three things uh to varying degrees of success. I I know that you do stop pack and roll which is specifically like very much in the same vein as like what I'm interested in which mm-hmm. is f- fucking with pod fucking with games. <laughs> yeah. Uh and like making your own obviously and you do Protean City Comics, right? That's correct. Yes. Um which you also GM some of. Do you is it like a straight half and half you GM half of it and uh Brandon GM's the other half, or is it like no, you just do arcs sudden it's thumbs? A, it's a it's it's more chaotic than that. Um, oh no! So we <laughs> it's there are there are six people in, in total involved uh-huh. regularly with that show. Um, uh-huh. Most of us have characters. Um, three of okay. us GM mostly oh, Bran- mostly Brandon and I, but we have okay. uh, Elspeth who is our as a third GM. Um, mm-hmm. We tend to uh, so like the way. Th- this is getting into the nitty gritty of podcasting again, but like we will record for a session, um, which will be about three to four hours, which will give us about two to three issues of the or episodes of the podcast. And so we'll often do like one session by me and then one session GM by Brandon, then one session by me and then another one by me and then one by Elizabeth and one by Brandon and just chaos. Okay. But it's to give that like comic book style feel of like you have your like, different writers. You're picking yeah. up you're picking up different writers, you're picking up different comic books sometimes. Uh and then we right. have guests too. We haven't had a guest GM yet, but we have guest players. Yeah. I'm a very good GM. I just want to put that out there. All right. You I mean, I that. don't think so, but others have told me that I am a passable <laughs> GM and I love masks. So, anyways, uh you also design games. Um the only one because I, I listen to the last maybe 40 episodes of Stop, Hack, and mm. Roll, the only one I specifically know about is still in design, which is The Space Between. Yeah. Uh, do you have any out that I have just not managed to not be aware of? Or um, So I, ha- I have written a couple 
short games for game jams, which I think are uh-huh. out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Existing in the ether. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I don't charge for them. Um, yeah, I'm. I wrote too. a game for a game jam called Two Weeks, and it was it was organized by Dan Enders who is uh, now married to uh, Megan Dornbrock of the Modifier podcast. Oh, I know the, I know both of these people. Um, and he organized a game jam in the two weeks following the uh, the, the last election, when everyone was feeling kind of crappy. And, oh, yeah. And so we kind of channeled that into some game design. And I think that is still out there somewhere. Um, you, If you bought it, it the money went to charity. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not... 100% positive. I honestly don't even remember which game I wrote for that. Um, <laughs> which is probably not a good thing for me to say. Um, and I have written a hack of um, Microscope specifically designed to be played to set up a masks game. Mm-hmm. I basically like changed out all the different things you create from mm-hmm. whatever ages and scenes and, and all that stuff. And I turned it into comic book stuff to guide you into Dope. building a world. Which, which all came out of the stuff we did leading up to creating Protean City Comics, the podcast. Right. Uh, awesome. And then I have so, started a thousand. I mean, if, if there are, oh yeah, if there are oh, eighty-four yeah. episodes of Stop Back and Roll, I have create started creating about eighty-four games. <laughs> that's a uh, that's game design is that basically. <laughs> that's yeah. From my experience, I've I have one million one pages first pages of games yeah uh, <laughs> especially because uh, but, of the, the format of stop back and roll especially for like the first like 50 episodes we were really just like let's just talk about concepts of mm-hmm. of games and game design and then each of those like spawned their own like what if we made a game that was like this we're gonna use uh-huh. this as the vehicle to talk about this thing for the Ugh. episode and then like i'd love to go back to any of them and make them yeah, that's a very dangerous thing for me because if I if I have an idea that I'm like, oh, I actually kind of like that idea, I have to fucking make that game. And that's why I have five in-development games, three of which are like <laughs> b- b- proper-sized games mm-hmm. that I will never actually manage to finish. I'm going to finish two of them because I have to because I have a podcast about it. <laughs> hey, that's that's what you got to do. Yeah, uh, but that does that is a good segue into our icebreaker, which uh, I fucked up and ice broke it by talking about your other projects. But uh, uh, what what's a game in your game graveyard or a game that you want to make but don't know how to yet? So the like the single game that I want to make, and it's what I think I'm going to try to focus on doing a little bit in 2020, is uh-huh. uh, Brandon and I pitched and started working on a game sort of like this is hang with me on this one um set in that it like designed to play either fast and the furious or speed racer or star wars podcasting or uh, pod racing sorry uh brain fart and uh uh or like uh like any kind of kind of uh game or story or movie that is primarily about people who are racing mm-hmm and we have we have sort of started it three times um, in the weird way that we do our game design for the podcast. It was like pitched right. to us as a um, I want to say like for like the 50th episode, we did like a um, question and answer session where we just like tried to rapid fire answer a whole bunch of questions. And we threw out this crazy idea for a racing game and we yeah. have revisited it. But the way that Brandon and I podcast 
uh, we often don't like review what we wrote or did last time. <laughs> and so I think we've definitely started this game like three times. Um, uh-huh. And it has gone from being like originally it was going to be its own system. Now we think it's probably going to be a PBTA game. I think it has some, um, uh, it might lean a little bit more towards um, Blades in the Dark. Um, okay. It definitely has a lot of infrastructure to it that uh-huh. the standard PBTA game doesn't have. Right. And I've started just taking aggressive amounts. I've been rewatching the Fast and the Furious movies over and over again, just taking aggressive notes on them. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's like that's like the game that I want to make more than anything else. Yeah, I am glad you said. Like, I, I'm I, I'm interested to see how it works out because like um, when when someone says a game about racing to me, I have kind of the same effect of like when someone says a game about like Pokemon, which is like how the fuck are you gonna do that? It's not gonna make it maddening because like. In every game I've ever played, the vehicle mechanics are trash garbage, and I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, the, including my own. Like, I'm not super happy with mine. They just work because they're not too different from all the other mechanics. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, that, but I, it's that specifically in the Fast and Furious, at least, um, which is definitely where like the biggest amount of influence from this comes, is that the mm-hmm. races aren't about the race. It's never like right. that's not what it's about. It's about other things, and so you're right. setting your. Like, it's just like like any other kind of resolution mechanic you are you're setting stakes and then you're doing a skill test and then mm. you're resolving except that in yeah. in the world of except maybe, I guess maybe a little bit like pokemon but in in the world of racing like the, those stakes are very explicitly set like right. this is what we're racing for we're racing for your car we're racing for a thousand dollars we're racing for yeah. um the love territory of, like yeah territory we're racing for whatever love yeah love yeah. especially love um, and then yeah. you do the uh, race. Look, if I'm if I'm playing that, that's all I'm racing for. You do the race, and then there are things that can happen in the race. And like one of the things that we wanted to do was there are definitely scenes in the Fast and the Furious and racing movies where you're like, we just need to race to get a faster car to do this heist. And so you set the stakes, and then like you do a roll, and that's it because they don't actually show yeah. the race. But then there are other right. scenes where you're actually like you're going through the race and watching it happen. And so then you need to have like kind of almost two race resolution mechanics. Mm-hmm. The thing that right. yeah. is weird. That is like what I really want to do is it need like, I feel at least impersonally, it needs to have a car mechanic. Like the cars need to be uh, separate from Special, your, yeah. they need to be separate from your playbook and okay. they need to be something that you can pass around uh-huh. and they need to be something Makes that sense. you can generate during the game. Yeah, because they, they, you need to be able to like be doing the heist and say, uh-huh. well, this car we have isn't working. If only we had a Mini Cooper that was painted like a police car and lowered and had all the stuff stripped out of it so that it can run really fast. Uh-huh. And then you need to be able to generate the stats for that and then have like a little right. index card that is that car. Yeah. So that you can go win it or go buy it or go. But but it still needs to feel unique and special to what it is. Yeah. It has to have different effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. It, 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 and like, I think the idea of like being able to generate on the fly is definitely the way to go. Cause that was the problem we ran into with Pokemon is like, we're not going to fucking make stats for every goddamn book. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, ours is much like, because, and, and we did the same thing you're talking about, which is like, think about what's actually important for the thing we're trying to do, which is like, the, the, the how much meat these pokemon have is not important to us because it's not a game about fighting pokemon yeah um and whereas the same thing is like how hard you take a hairpin turn is is not something important to you because it's not what your game's about um 
which I think has been an important part of game design for me in general. It's just like, what is actually important here? And what am I tacking on because of like preconceived notions about what a game is? Yeah. And like, I'm trying to think. We've run into some like interesting things. Like, I really want the game to involve actually having matchbox cars too because i like the, mm. the visual <laughs> of that um and That's as we kind cute. of like start and like that. as i started to deconstruct some of the racing um i'm not like i'm not we initially thought that maybe you would actually like map out a racetrack um uh-huh. but i think that actually what is more important is not how far along in the race are you but like how what is your position compared to the other players or characters right and so it's not like are we 20% through the race? It's, am I in front yeah. of you? So then you could just set your matchbox, uh, extra cars up in a line and just yeah. move them around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I really, I really like that. And I would love to like, because, uh, I should watch the rest of fast and furious because that's, they're so over the top and yeah, completely my jam. Um, god okay that's that's a very good that's a very <laughs> that's good game yeah that's, that's in your that's graveyard and like i can't and i can't like that's the thing where like how do you make a car that feels unique and has like uh-huh. between like one iteration of the game all the, the vehicles were going to have custom basic moves per vehicle uh-huh. but like you can't generate that in the middle of a game no. like that's not uh-uh. gonna work so like I, that's the kind of the like i can't quite get this to work aspect yeah but as soon as you do it's gonna be fucking great yeah uh, so that brings us to like, and this is going to be an interesting one for you because like, from what I understand about the the way you interact with games is there's not a whole lot of like other than, okay. I mean, we could, you, I don't want this to just be <laughs> your four basic moves rule, but, uh, when, when you're looking at a game or making a game or, uh, starting deciding to run a game or play one, what's something you can find in them that you immediately gravitate to? Like, Oh, this is a game. This is a James Molloy ass game right here. Or this specific thing about it is James Molloy as hell. Oh, like what's an game. aspect of a game that you're super into? Um, so I like, I really like, like are you talking about games like what do I connect with as I'm reading a game or what do I what 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 do I put into a game when I'm designing it? It could be the same thing. Whichever like All right, that's fair. It's yeah. I think that it, it, it's like sorry, the thing that I'm okay, so what I try to do when I design games is I understand that whatever weird like so whatever whatever I can imagine the more interesting version of that is going to be whatever you imagine. And Uh so when I try to create a game, I'm trying to give you as the player just enough framework that you can go on the journey that I want you to go on, but not so much that I'm going to give you too many of my own assumptions Mm -hmm. um, so that you will then build a story that is interesting and compelling to you because I don't know right. everyone who's going to play my game. And right. so I need to I need to guide them and and bring them on this journey, but I don't necessarily want to like I don't know if I could ever write a game that had a defined like setting. Because yeah. Like there like there is so much setting in Blades in the Dark, but like what if I like Every time I've played Blades in the Dark, we didn't play in that setting. So, like, that's just heartbreaking <laughs> to me that, like, somebody spent all that time writing that setting. And then we were like, well, what if we didn't? Yeah, I I am definitely so 
I, I, I'm with you on that. There are some things I, I like do. I do like some like guidelines for settings sometimes uh, because it can give me ideas that I didn't have, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I like I have always had a more in, immediate connection in a game where session zero, we made everything from scratch and tailored yeah. this game to our group specifically. Like, um, and like, sorry. No, go. No, uh, just like the game needs to support the kind of story it's going to tell, but like letting us decide where and what that looks like makes immediately gets buy in from everybody. Yeah. Like a good example is the abilities in masks, which is like, I feel like a really great way to handle that because it is, Mm -hmm. it is definitive. There is a list of abilities, but when you like read those abilities, they like, uh, like everyone goes, but what is that? What is impossible mobility? What does mm-hmm. it mean? And then you guys, exactly. the GM, get to go, well, what does it mean to you? Yeah, which is my f- favorite thing to do. Because even players who aren't like experienced, because you'll run into a lot of things where like if you don't give players enough guidance, like newer players will kind yeah. of flounder or not feel confident. But like, I mean, anybody who's listened to this fucking podcast and, and you obviously listen to y'all's podcast knows like, Mask is a fucking great game. Like yeah. they did a lot of things so amazingly, and they, 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 that's the same there. It's like it, you know what impossible impossible mobility is. Like you know what they're saying. You yeah. know what they're trying to tell yeah. you is you're impossibly maneuverable. Yeah. But it's so like but what, what that, that look looks like? like is completely up to you. Yeah. And like the rules of the game, no matter what you say that looks like, the rules of the game will not contradict you. Yeah. It's the it's the the like, I've sat down in a couple sessions of Fate to to build characters and like fate is a great game i love fate mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. it's so open-ended like the aspects right. give you nothing and right and so if you are a, if you are a a person who has a kind of a vivid imagination and you and you get what the game is about then you won't have any problems but if you're it, like i like but I, the, it's like i like the thing about that the aspect of the abilities and masks because it kind of guides you along it doesn't handhold you it doesn't tell you what you have to do and it doesn't leave you totally uh abandoned it kind of Mm -hmm. it brings you along on the journey but you get to make that choice right yeah that's what i um it and it's 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 a really good like you're inspiring play rather than uh controlling it Mm -hmm. right like uh can you think of like any other games that you've looked at or made that do that well like hold your like like not hold your hand because you but like hold, like give you a like show you the world and say here this is like these are your toys what do you want to do with them um is it too early in the podcast to talk about my game not at all it's literally that's the first question is to talk about a game okay <laughs> so yes let's please talk to me about your game so my because i think this is like a, the best thing and something that i have done in game design that I maybe didn't even, I'm going to admit, necessarily intend to do, um, but it has yeah. worked out so well. Um, if you give me one second, I'm going to pull up this list of <laughs> of things. So my, so I guess to step back, the pitch for my game, A Space Between, is you are a, one, there's two people, it's a two-player game. One person is a, is has been hired to go haul ice in deep space for a company that brings ice that pays you for ice and the other person is the lighthouse the person uh it's your significant other the person you care about very deeply they're your connection back to earth they're the person who when you come back after 
a year, two years. They help you reconnect back into the planet, into your family, all the things that have changed. Um, and then there's also, because it's space travel, because it's um, long distances, there's time dilation. And so you might go out and experience a year if you're the ice hauler, but come back and find that four years have passed. And so it's not just that there's a that there's a, a time passage, but also that it's kind of like it can be extreme. And so you choose which routes you're going to go on, and that's all kind of set and standard. Um, and depending on how long you're gone, you will draw a number of cards equal to the number of years. And right. so the cards are kind of like the core of the game um, of what I have been focusing on. And my goal with all of the cards is to do that thing, to give you a prompt, to give you a, uh, to give you, to take, to like lead you, the beginning of this leading you on a journey uh, into my space nightmare world. And, but not necessarily push you the whole way. And, and then the interesting thing is then that what happened was um, when I gave people cards and they would draw like two or three of them, they started to, blend the stories together between the uh-huh. prompts which was not a thing i had intended because originally uh the game was like a list and you chose one or two from a list and it was right. really intended to be like here's the thing that happens in the first year that i'm gone and here's the thing that happens when it's the second year that i'm gone and but the problem with cards is that well at some point so the two problems were at some point i changed away from a list to cards and then i also increased the number of cards that you would draw and so when you're uh-huh. looking at four or five cards, it's really hard to be like, well, this is the thing that happened five years ago, and this is the thing that happened four years ago. And so my okay. my guidance has sort of become, tell a story. Here are the things that jumped out. Like, they could be connected. They don't necessarily have to be connected. Right. Build a story and talk about it. Yeah. I will give you an example. Okay, um, please do. So one of my cards says that while the ice so if you are the lighthouse the person who's staying mm-hmm. on earth um all right. of those cards are about like hardship uh, they're about the mundanity so they're they're about a couple this is like i don't know how deep you want to get into the nitty-gritty of my game but like they're about <laughs> having choice um right they are about you're on a planet you have family you have friends you have a right. support group you're making money and you have freedom to walk outside um right but also because it's not unlike the real world hard things happen and right so one of the cards is while the ice hauler is gone your house is broken into and Mm. by default the card says the criminals threaten your life and take everything but you can spend money because there's a currency in the game and you can spend it to say you basically you bribe them you had some money in your house you're able to bribe them and they took the money but they leave you every, but they but they leave you with your life and possessions, except that they take mm-hmm. one thing that's important from you. Right. It leaves you. I didn't tell you what it was. It can be whatever, however, like however important or not important, really. I'm all I'm saying is it's important. Um, right. I have another card. That's the key. That's the key. <laughs> and there was another card that says, while the ice hauler is gone, your child or so this is where like, uh, it's I guess your child or a sibling has fallen in with a group of like a with a gang like they're on the wrong side yeah. of the law and right. so 
I had not intended this, but what the person did was they drew both those cards and they said, well, okay, uh-huh. so here's the situation. Here's what happened. These criminals broke into my house. They were going to kill me. I offered them this sum of money that I had lying around because you've been going out and ice hauling. So I had like a lot of cash. I had this, uh-huh. this amount of money and I was able to offer them anything. But And so they, they didn't kill me. They didn't kill our child. They didn't destroy the house. They didn't take any of the rest of our possessions, but they did take our son. And he, and so he has joined like like he like not like they're gonna ransom him but like they've yeah. taken him to join their gang, and so now he's like running with them because he was he was a kid and he was impressionable and he thought it was right. he thought they were cool, and so right. now he's off there and like I can't get him back, and like I was like oh my god that's an incredible story, yeah how that definitely did not come out of my brain parts right. of it did but not the whole yeah. thing and yeah it's. And that's just like that's, it's really interesting. To... Sorry, go ahead. And th- and that's just kind of what what I'm trying to do with the game. Yeah, and I think like those prompts are are one thing. Like, uh, op- uh, so as a G- as a GM, like everybody knows, open ended questions are like where it's at, yeah. right? Like you can you can lead someone to like the general area you want them to be in, and then let them define the rest of it, and it's going to be better than what you came you were going to come up with. Like yeah. that's just because we like to be surprised, and also like. Some some people are just better storytellers than me. Yeah. Like I just because I'm a GM doesn't mean I'm the I know like I'm the best at all this. So I don't like like planning to. Anyways, um, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But like, so just the open ended prompts are very good. But the fact that you draw more than one yeah. and like they can play off of each other like that. Not only does it it make for deeper and weirder and more varied stories, but like it just allows for your brain to make these connections mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have otherwise. Like a person sitting down to tell a story, I'm not saying wouldn't come up with that particular thing, but getting, getting led there changes things uh, and makes it more uh, uh, interesting to see how, how they play off of each other. Yeah. Um, and, and from a game design standpoint, the, like the key there was this shit, like, and this was like a totally unintended uh, side effect but now I've leaned into it because when you like, yeah. when you are just looking at a list, you're seeing all of the possible items, but you're looking for one. And so you're just going to scan right. and scan and scan. You're going to find the one and then you're going to move forward with that. But when you've drawn two, two or three cards, then you're looking at all of these cards at the same time. And that's when things start right. to like jive together as, as yeah. stories. It's like uh like cooking like yeah. you put th- th- things that three different things together that would taste a certain way them by themselves you mix them together and it's going to change all three are going to change the others and make it something better like it's not just the sum of its parts at that point it's a it's a it's a better f- food yeah curry Fat um, i love fucking love curry oh my god <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and then like there are nuts things too like where i had someone i gave them a prompt so all of this so all of the ice hauler stuff is uh you've gone out in space it's like extremely dangerous but it's right. you'll see aliens sometimes you'll like you'll have like you just see like there's a whole there's a card about like what do you see when you meet when you when you get to the edge of everything and look out into the black like yeah. tell a story about that and there was a prompt about how like you had to do something to stay alive and uh-huh. they told a story about how they had um like hijacked another ship and sto- and become right. like space pirates and there is a card 
in my deck <laughs> that says you become a space pirate or awesome. you have an encounter with space pirates. But that was not the card that they had drawn. <laughs> it was totally unrelated. And it was just this weird, uh-huh. like, how did you get there? And then they like went off on this whole, like it became this whole thing. Like they had a daughter back home and they brought her uh, the, the space pirate sword to as like a, a 16th birthday gift and became like a point of tension in their relationship. Um, yeah, it was it was very it's very wild. And it's it's very interesting as a game designer, because when I when I play test the game, I don't play. I just I find two other people to play and I listen right. to them. But I can't always see which cards they're drawing. So I'm listening to the stories they're telling going, which card was that? Where did, yeah. where did, where did that come <laughs> from? There was like there was, also, some, there was like somebody sorry. somebody established that uh, that everyone on Earth spoke Japanese now. And I was like, where did that come from? You just <laughs> because then like two or three turns in, people start just adding more stuff that I didn't give them. Because they're trying yeah. to make things feel longer and make things feel realer, and it's like this cool side effect. Uh huh. It's just it's wild. This game is. I, I I've heard I've heard about your and we'll get back to actual th- this thing before, but I've heard about your your game your uh, your playtesting style for this game and how like I, like every time you talk about it, I'm like. <sighs> You've become a weird voyeur of your own game. Yeah, it is. I had to play it once, and it was the weirdest experience because I was like, I, oh, I, I hate I playing can't, my own games. I can't build on this because I already know all the interesting things. I wrote them. That's like, yeah. I, and so it doesn't like the prompts don't do the same brain thing in my brain that they do in other people's yeah. because you knew what you were intending when you yeah. wrote. Because yeah. like almost all of them uh, had a full story that I cut off early, right? Um, I yeah, I really like like the idea of a game that is just so um non traditional. I don't know how to. I, I don't know how to <sighs> labeling games is weird, and I hate it. Yeah. But like, it's, we're humans, and it's what we do. But like, non traditional games uh are a weak spot of mine. I have mm-hmm. trouble. Uh, I I like to have a rubric of like, am I doing this correctly? And that's hard to do when the answer to that is just yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, my brain doesn't like that. But like the idea... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I can tell you, like, the thing that happened that was weird was, uh, I think it was not this Metatopia, but last Metatopia, um, someone pointed out that my game was basically a card LARP. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's... A, a clarp, if you will. That's interesting. That's not what I was expecting. That's not what I was intending <laughs> to do. But I can definitely see it. And now I can uh-huh. look and like the closest game that ends up being like very near to it, at least some a game that I'm familiar with, is um Ghost Court. Because it's a game <laughs> where you're given a prompt and you have two people who basically have a conversation based off of very little information. And so So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind. I'm not gonna blow your mind. Okay. This isn't that big of a revelation. But like when you were talking to me, like because because basically what your game is, your game is an entire game of uh, open-ended questions. That's all yeah. it is, and you get to mix those together. I, I say I'm not saying that it, like that's all it is in a derisive way. I think it's very good. Uh, but the other game I think of when I think of that of a game that is just a bunch of open-ended questions is Fiasco, mm. because it's the same deal where they you get some prompts. Uh, they're a little, they're even less structured than this. You just mm-hmm. have to like, th- this thing is going to happen or should happen. Or like, this is the relationship. Uh, and it's up to you to work out what that looks like and what that is. Um, so I think like it's a, it's a, a more, it's a two player, like 
game games that are just a series of open-ended questions uh are very interesting and i think it's a good especially a good exercise for improv and storytelling yeah um not even exercise because you are telling a story like it's a game it's anyways i think it's a i think it's a really amazing um thing that i would like to do more of because like you said uh the thing that's in your brain is always going to be better than things in my brain and vice versa well maybe uh (laughs) (laughs) but the story you Uh, tell like i don't mean better but like more personal like if you played this game then the stories that you tell coming out of the the game prompts will be better and not better sorry will be more personal to you will be will be more more in more impactful yeah connected to your own lived experiences than anything that i can write because i can't right write for every single person right of course not and honestly you shouldn't try Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, now the only thing that my game does differently than Fiasco, and I, and I'll forgive me, I haven't played Fiasco. <laughs> it's um, okay, I won't judge but you. Is it, it? It you like you get to set more scenes in Fiasco. It's a, yeah. it's less structured. The actual play yeah. structure of my game is very structured. Um, yeah, it's just that the the once you get to the scene. It's very open ended. You're just you are having right. a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, like it's just uh, it's obviously a very different game. I didn't want to. Like, no, no, no. But it, I think that's like, a good. Uh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good connection, and especially in the way that uh, like the problem with Ghost Court is that Ghost Court. Sorry, the problem with Ghost Court as a comparison to my game is that Ghost Court uh-huh. you play like one. Uh, court case i guess yeah and then like but they don't really build on each other right my game is definitely more like fiasco where you are building this like story over time Mm -hmm. uh and and i think yours doesn't even necessarily i don't know like because you i can't remember where you got to with it like because you were you were talking about like where to end this fucking because you just let people end it whenever they think it's done yeah um so there's not like as far as I can tell, because like the ra- drawing of cards is is random, um, so even if you did have like a climax to the story or like a rising building point, uh, there's no way to like structure that in there. As far as I know, I'm sure there is, but yeah, I think so. Right now, because it's been just it's in it's in game development. Um, yeah. it the ending is really wherever there are like two. There's so there are two hard endings built into the mm-hmm. game. Um, there are some soft endings built into the game, and eventually I'm going to write a real ending system. Um, yeah. The hard endings that are in the game right now are uh, one or both of the players can die, or the characters can die. The players hopefully right. don't die playing. Can you please? The characters can die, um, and then the, those cards explain to you how to roleplay out a scene where you are playing a different character. Who has come uh-huh. to tell the other person that the other the character has died, mm-hmm. um, and the soft endings are like there have been some points where players got to a point in their story where they said my character wouldn't do this anymore, and then either right. the person on Earth, the lighthouse, doesn't show up for the next meeting. Or the ice hauler says, I'm not going back out there. You can't make me. I'm going to go on the run. Like, yeah. goodbye. Or they break up and the ice hauler says, I'm going back out. And I'm never coming back. Uh-huh. And so those are kind of like soft endings to the story. Right. 
I want to write an actual end mechanic so that when you get to that point where you say, I don't want to do this anymore, or there's something, there's something there, yeah. and it's going to be like a roll on a table with, um, depending on how much ice you've hauled, some kind of a modifier, and it will tell you how successful your end of your, like how, your, how successful your epilogue is. Right. It'll tell you, yeah, it'll give you a grade. Um, I, you know what? No, it's your game. I don't need to give you ideas. <laughs> and, I don't, uh, and I obviously also don't have a beginning right now either. Um, that's, I mean, the beginning is draw a card, right? Yeah. And so, like, you said of, you wanted character creation and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, I, I want a little bit of character creation. I started dabbling with it. I wrote some at the last playtest that I did at Metatopia. Um, I think I'm going to force people to go on. Uh, right now, there's just like a series of routes you can go on that have a different. Um, basically, they're just <laughs> they're random number, not random numbers, but they're like the different just settings. The like, long, the, yeah. yeah, they're the different amount of how long the different payout. Um, I just combined all those numbers in different interesting ways. Um, yeah, but I think I'm gonna basically create a def- like a default starting route to get you yeah. started and introduce you into the system. Um, yeah, so there's there's a a board game called Root mm-hmm. that to teach you the game plays the first two rounds for you. Like it tells you exactly what to do the first two rounds, and like I, that, that's that I, I thought it was genius when I yeah. when we did it, uh, and I think that's also that's a very good thing, especially for a game that's so open ended like yours is not open ended, yeah. but like you're telling stories, like you're just drawing cards and stuff. I think like having a bit of an introductory period where like they are actually holding your hand a little bit and then letting you go makes people more confident. And it actually, like this is following my, my wacky game design uh, and playtesting methodology, but it actually came out of almost everyone. Once I, once I changed the roots up a little bit, I've, I've, tr- I've like, I've tweaked them a little bit. And once I hit the, the list that I've been working off of recently, um, mm-hmm. almost everybody chooses one of the roots because uh-huh. it is objectively, I think, the best starting route. And yeah. and so when everyone started choosing it, I was like, well, what if I just didn't let you choose the first route? Because if everyone's yeah, doing the same one anyway, why don't I just yeah. tell you to do that? And then in the last round of playtesting I did, someone chose one of the other routes, one of the like more advanced routes. And it uh-huh. really, it really broke. <laughs> it really broke. <laughs> it didn't really... So it was a case of like the one person had played the game before and the other yeah. person had not. And so the right. person who was, pl- who had played the game before was playing the ice hauler and they're the one who ultimately gets to choose which route they're going on. Right. So they chose one where they were gone for five years to start with. And so that, okay. or they were gone for like two years and the person on earth was around for five years. And so the person who had not played this game before drew five cards and just kind of went, I don't know what to do with all of these cards. I haven't really like learned how to do this story thing yet. And uh-huh. so I was like, okay, that's not going to work. But the one that yeah. everyone does is it lets you draw, I think it's like one or two cards. And that's, that's what I like. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, yeah, that's definitely a good change to make there. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. not, not panic your lighthouse. Like I don't think it, <laughs> I don't think it breaks the game but it definitely can <laughs> it's a lot some of the especially because some of the cards are like some of the like, the lighthouse cards are like your parents die or like you the 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 the, the pet you raised from a, a, a like a, a kitten passed away or your kid was kidnapped or your uh someone like like uh you like you've 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 gotten a a sickness that you now need to like live with and mm-hmm. any one of those isn't 
awful to tell a story about, but I have had people get all of them. And like, God forbid, you should get all five of like the kind of darkest prompts as your first thing. Just in the first year, like, well, fuck this. That was where like <laughs> that was where someone uh, like noped out of the game and was just like, like not like not that I'm having a personal like rejection of the game, but they were like my character. Yeah. Like, if the scenario I'm telling here is that like we like the country like our global like a global war has started their parents passed away our kid left us and we've lost all of our money because the economy crashed yeah. like my character is not coming back to that relationship like it's not that like we knew each yeah. other for like six they just, months I, I think you said they said like oh they just never hear from me again yeah and i was like all right that's <laughs> fair that's dark fair. but also yeah like yeah. <laughs> it's rough yeah um uh, game design it's wild. Speaking of speaking of game design, uh, would you like to would you like to hear me complain about my game? Yeah, absolutely. And by complain about, I actually don't have that much to complain about. I like my I like this game. Okay, <laughs> this game's a lot a lot better than my other game. <laughs> well, well, hit me with it. <laughs> okay, so this one this I, I'm not sure. So we're going to hit the change log portion of this. Uh, and again, if you have thoughts on anything, you you can uh, hop in at any time. You're not interrupting me. Uh, and this is going to be pretty short because unlike Hard Space Hustle, uh, Pokemon Pokemon Monster Tales is a PBCA game. So like the actual mechanics of it, yeah. Like I'm not we're not we're not changing the fundamentals of like the mechanics so much as like we're just changing we're changing things to try to get the right feel. Yeah. Uh, specifically in this one, uh, in our last play tests, uh, since, since we've started doing it on play test, uh, we've noticed like our basic moves were a little too, uh, fiddly actually. And like, didn't like, as you were talking about earlier, uh, like we wanted, we, we want Pokemon Monster Tales to be more about the stories. You're t- like Tales is in the, the fucking name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we want it to be more about the stories you tell in the world of Pokemon and about teamwork and friendship and building relationships with your friends and the Pokemon in the world around you. Um, and like a lot of our options on some of the moves were very strict and like you pick this and this happens. Um, and it led to like some, some, weirdness so so far our uh um jack plays a gym leader Mm -hmm. and uh both of the times that uh their character has been challenged they've wanted to lose uh because they want to give this kid a badge right and the rules didn't really support that like she had they had um lexi had to like keep trying to pull punches and then the dice weren't really letting that happen uh (laughs) And so, like, we realized, like, uh, uh, we need to have this be a lot more open-ended. Like, like we, you and I were talking about earlier is, like, lead them there and then ask them what happens. Yeah. Um, and so we, we've parsed down a lot of things. Um, specifically, uh, I, can't, I should have kept a list of all the changes to the actual moves. But I know uh our our conflict move uh we've shortened the list a bit and let let the 10 plus option just be you have the exact outcome you were hoping for like so that narratively like mechanically you pick these things on the thing and then if you get a 10 plus you can actually just kind of dictate the narrative of what happens in this conflict um because the game's not about the the like trading blows right we're not super interested in that we're interested in like what's what story that exhibition or battle has um 
And then like we have uh boop boop boop. Uh we have we're having a lot of trouble with our our um but I what what would be in any other game and like a manipulate NPC role. Mm-hmm. Um because we don't want that, right? Um that's that feels weird for a Pokemon game. Um but we want something where you can like influence other people's decision making or understand them better. Um and so we got it we got one called see or share perspectives and it's trying to do double work which makes it a little awkward mm-hmm. um and like trying to find the right wording there to be like no something actually does happen here you just can't force it to like it's not you're not manipulating them they're not going to do exactly what you wanted you're changing their perspective they could or, or letting them see your your perspective uh rather than just like 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 keeping up walls and like yeah. not understanding what you want or conversely trying to understand why they are acting the way they're acting um Hmm. and so we've changed that up a bit so a lot of this has just been fiddling with like the options you can pick from these lists uh and trying to make them more narrative rather than mechanical this is a problem with me amar is much (laughs) better at it than i am i like i said i like a rubric of is this being done correctly yeah (laughs) which gets in my way with designing these kind of games sometimes um so what, but, what, is oh, the, sorry, what, is, what is the trigger for that move? Like what the is see your share perspectives? Yeah. It's, it's when you try to see your share perspectives. perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when you are like trying to understand someone or get them to understand you. Okay. You sound very skeptical. I, I, I like, again, I, I look, I don't, um, <laughs> I am not going to pretend like I am an expert at writing PBTA moves. I don't know that I have actually ever done it successfully. Um, <laughs> I, I would, I feel like I would want that to be a more compelling prompt, like, uh, like trigger. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And like, like, that's what we're, that's what we're struggling with here is like trying to find something that f- makes sense, but also doesn't, isn't like bumping up against like some icky stuff we don't want in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because all the other ones is like when you're attempting to learn something, when you're attempting to comfort or care, when you're facing down a danger, when you're in great in- engaging in conflict, um, like the very specific triggers, and that one isn't, uh, really actually. Yeah, um, it almost sounds like you don't quite like know exactly what that action looks like, maybe in the yeah. game. And that you're yeah. like you have a couple different things that are sort of related that you're trying to make one move that covers all of. Yep. I mean, my weird playtesting structure would be pull it from the game and see if anyone notices. But, but uh, don't let me tell you how to playtest or write your game. Yeah. So the thing is, half of that, half of that could be could just go to attempt to learn to see or share perspectives. Like seeing a perspective could be trying to attempt to learn a perspective. Yeah. And I've thought about this a lot, but that kind of makes sharing sharing perspectives is like a kind of I don't know. It's it, yeah, we have to find something for it. It's definitely the problem move. It's been the problem move the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you've got for the, me you've got the, like you've got the one half of that which is like someone is doing something that I don't understand and I'm a kid and I've got all these Pokemon uh, and, yeah. and I want to understand what they're doing, what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then their half is like, someone's doing something I don't like and I need to try to like make a plea to them to change their actions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Those are those are those are very like those are I can see those being very difficult like because they're kind of not well like they're like not that they're not well defined but that they're kind of vague Mm -hmm. actions. Yeah. So it also like it's it's a like one hundred percent correctly. You're one hundred percent right here. Uh, It's so much so that like okay, so you know that we have uh, uh, stolen seems aggressive, but stolen Brandon's (laughs) questions, role plus questions ideas from Passion Deadless Passionus because it was fucking genius Mm -hmm. and we liked it uh, to like reinforce like you get bonuses. You know, you get bonuses for like hitting narrative points rather than uh, like how strong or smart you are. so we, we like that a lot. And the question for this one is two fucking questions mm. <laughs> because it could be for two different things and like finding a way to word it that would work for both didn't work. So it's like, have you done this or are you doing this? My gut, uh, and it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> my gut says this is probably two moves. I know. I know it is. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're aware of the problem and we are working on it. Please get back to us in two to four weeks. Okay. <laughs> Um, so the other problem that we were having or that that has been frustrating me since we started this is a lot of how we handle things in this one, how we handle like the individualization of characters in Pokemon are just tags. Like people have these tags that are just truths about them Mm -hmm. and they can, they can affect the game mechanically. And that's all literally all a Pokemon is, is how, how much energy they have and then their tags and then their bond with you. And like, there's no like specific stats or moves for the Pokemon because we, we need you to be able to generate your own Pokemon. Like yeah. we're not going to write up the rules for 800 fucking monsters. Yeah. Um, you could, but, but... <laughs> no, I'm not going to, Amr's not going to, I work a lot. Amr's going to college. Like, yeah, you want to also, it's just not what we're into. Um, and you want to give the people the freedom to make their own. Right. But yeah. And this, this way, like when, it, like if you, or anyways uh it, it allows for some customization there like um but the problem we're having is like those tags didn't fucking do anything <laughs> like uh they tell you something about them but like if if your gm doesn't like lean on those or like it's, like if you say because the way i do it is like if you're if you say, you say oh i'm gonna do this i'm like okay well do you have a tag that would help you with that and if so like i i may not make them roll or i may just have this thing happen like i use them like tiny little gm moves mm-hmm. uh which i think is something that y'all said on how stop hack and roll i think brandon said like a, t- a tag is just a tiny gm move like loud yeah. and that i'm like yeah that's that's what i that's what i use them for but uh and I, I we can state that explicitly in the game but it still doesn't feel like a whole lot um considering it's all a pokemon is yeah um and so i we've what we've come up with is every basic move has a tag advantage which is an option you have even if you fail if you have a tag that reinforces it so like um if you're like say for engage in direct conflict like if you have a tag this is the easiest one because if you're like playing a fire if your pokemon is a fire pokemon and you're battling against a grass pokemon you obviously have like one of their tags is fire so you obviously have the the fire tag advantage um so the tag advantage for that move is you can cause the target to expend one energy or gain a tag so you can have them catch fire or take more damage because you are a fire type fighting a grass type um and there are other things like when you uh Basically, all of them have one of them where it's something even if even on a fail, your tags can be important. Um, 
and it at least like makes you think about them more often and keeps them being a part of the game and makes it feel like they have some impact mechanically at least um and that's something we just added so like we're not 100 percent sure how it's going to look um and if they're all going to be great or not, like we haven't had a lot of experience with the with with them and keeping track of them and stuff, because it is an added step of like, do you have type a, a, a tag advantage on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, like a big part of this, a big part of this game is like trying to find a balance where things feel unique and important, but don't bog things down too much. Yeah, they need to feel. Uh, they need to feel quick and dynamic. Yeah. And, and, you know, interesting. My favorite thing are like, and, and this is a thing we're constantly working on, uh, is I don't want a role to ever not lead to something interesting, not push something. Like, if you're rolling, something important needs to happen. Like, we need to move, this This needs to, I think in PPTA it's called like the snowball effect yeah, or yeah. something like that, right? Um, and I've noticed like ours don't really... Uh, and maybe it's because we don't have a whole lot of moves, which is some, uh, like uh, something you can appreciate because <laughs> you have your rule. But it's also something like when you're thinking about what 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 you want your game to do, like we don't want a ho- we don't need a shitload of rules. Our game is pretty simple, actually. We want it to do we want it to tell Pokemon stories about friendship. Yeah. Um. But but, uh, but so like, like God for like the, the the worst would be especially if you were in combat, like if you were doing uh-huh. a Pokemon battle, and then. Like you want the Pokemon battle to snowball quickly from beginning yeah. to the end of the fight, because right. that's how Pokemon battles go. Like they, right. like one thing happens, they like exchange some blows. Somebody runs yeah. up a tree. They do something with yeah. a with a water wheel. Whatever yeah. Pikachu does, Thunder Shock, and then wins the battle. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. and then you get back to the story. Right. So the way this works right now is there we have, oh God, we have two sets of battle rules. The the simple one is like if you if if your players aren't super interested in battles, uh, you just use the their two their two moves that that are uh, engage in direct conflict and face down a danger, and you roll face down a danger when you just take something like take it's it's a take a powerful blow is what it is mm-hmm. basically, um, and the way it works right now is because Pokemon only have three energy uh they up to five if once you rank them up a bit but um. And every every time you engage in conflict, you're spending an energy to do it. Um, so, like, the battles are not supposed to last long. And plus, if you roll a 10+, plus, you have the exact outcome you're hoping for, and you yeah. can end the battle there. Because the, the, the nitty-gritty of it is not what's important right now. It's, it's what's, what happens at the end of this fight yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, leads us to the next thing. Uh, and there's also... And uh, I, need, I need to read through them again so I can explain them better. But Amr has written... A, a, a an expanded battle moves section that is somehow more crunchy and also completely na- almost completely narrative <laughs> but that's that's the uh, goal isn't it yeah and and it, it makes it to where like it does stretch it out to where you can have a more um like impactful and uh what's the word tactical battle with mm-hmm. someone like if you're if you're one of your players is an ace and like they're they're making their run for like the gym the 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 league championship yeah. and they're in the last fight and you don't want to you don't want to roll a 10 plus and it be over with right like yeah, kinda, you can do these rules i kind of love the idea of having like specific like uh final four rules 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like rules that you don't pull out ever unless you're specifically doing this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we're going to do the same thing with Contest, which is like the non-battle version of it, where you're just trying to be a fancy Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I, yeah, I will so, say the the addendum, like the, the second part of my, my, my uh, four basic moves rule that I think always gets lost is like, you should try to have four basic moves unless you need more. Yeah. And the unless you need more is the part that isn't as funny, and so people don't often... <laughs> recited but like everyone right. is going to need more than four basic moves for the most part it's just that if you aim for seven you'll end up with ten so if you yeah. aim for four you'll hit seven which is right about where you probably want to be and yeah it, we've got we've got six right now <laughs> yeah and then that's probably like, uh, like like my idea is that you this is like my personal game design thing but you don't want game bloat like you want it to be tight you want to do what oh, you yeah. want to do quickly and and directly and without extra stuff that you don't need right exactly uh and that's been like an interesting and because oh my god has this game have we pulled massive chunks of this game out and just <laughs> thrown them in the trash like it's weird it's weird because it's a pbta game and like a lot of like the like we you know what you know what a pbta game is right like it's weird how much uh just messing with it we've done which is like i don't know we we know the dice mechanic and we know we that's that's what we want but like how do we want to do it like and yeah. and we've ah oh, like we have designed three games worth of game at this point <laughs> well there there is that thing that is true about pbta games which is that like because of the way the framework of the game engine works it's really easy to make a game in a with the pbta system that is playable like to get yeah. from I have this idea in my head to this is the thing that technically does what I said I wanted to try to do and it right. runs is like really short because like you could like you to do to make like a Pokemon PBTA game you could have just taken the core basic moves from Apocalypse World and said okay but now when I say attack I mean with a Pokemon and like yeah. that would technically do what you're trying yeah. to do, but it doesn't really do it. It's like yeah, and that that's exactly to, that's exactly what I mean when I say we've made three games. Yeah. We've made three of those. To get there is really easy. <laughs> it's to get from like that starting place to like okay, this is the punchy version of the game that I always really wanted. That's the thing that's uh -huh. like really hard. Yeah, uh, but I think I'm confident we will get there eventually. <laughs> uh, it's all it's all playtesting is a weird experience that i love and hate in equal measures yeah i have not i'm i'm like actually i'm kind of weirdly looking forward to at the point where i actually have to play test a game in a more traditional way i, I think i've been really spoiled by the fact that my game is two players and yeah. i don't i'm not involved <laughs> i just sort of facilitate and again then people you're a voyeur <laughs> yeah and, which is great for from a playtesting perspective because it means i don't have to like like if i i can't even imagine like I'm not a great GM, and so having to GM and also try to think about how the game is going, like yeah. the like playtest is a great like I, that's really the only way I think I could ever playtest a game is if I was recording it to then go back uh -huh. and listen to it later because I couldn't I just couldn't GM yeah. and also yeah. think about how the game was working. Right. That's and that's the other problem I have, and this is why, and it's so difficult as like an indie game designer because you don't have fans really. <laughs> um, there's nothing more valuable for playtesting than m 
someone else GMing it. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm there, I'm always going to explain things. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not, a th- if I'm having to explain it and it's not in the book. Then it's not, like, yeah, you, it needs to be. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm putting my thumb on the scale as it were. So I can never tell, is this game, does this game run well or am I running it well? God, like, I, can, if I can tell a quick anecdote. Um, of course. That is like exactly a problem I ran into with my game when I was playtesting it last. So something that has, so again, my methodology for playtesting is I don't include any information that I don't think is absolutely necessary. And then I listen mm-hmm. to what people say when they ask questions about the game. And that has sort of been my guiding light of what I'm going to include in my final game. But I ran into this like ultimate nightmare of if I don't tell you how much communication the people can have when the ice hauler is out in space, then ultimately right. someone asks and says, Hey, do we have like, do we have real time light speed telephones? Do we get to like email each other? Do we have video communication? And then I'll answer the question. And yeah. the, and like the answer is it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it can't matter because the gameplay is the conversation you have when you get back and the things you're talking about are all of the big stuff. So, like, the lengthy version of that answer is, like, sure, you can communicate. I don't care. You just can't have talked about anything consequential. And so that is, if I if I don't tell people that, then they always ask. But if I yeah. tell people about, like, because I, I, I cycled through a couple different times where at first I said, like, you can communicate a little bit or, like, it's a very delayed. And then a couple games I said, you can't communicate. But every time I bring up that rule in advance and explain it and say you can or you can't or however much, people, like, hyper fixate on it. Yeah. And, like, if my ultimate goal is don't is basically, like, don't hyper fixate on it. <laughs> and then, like, if I, do- <laughs> if I don't tell you, you're going to ask. And if I tell you, you're going to hyperfixate on it. So, like, I, ha- like, I have to include the rule because everyone always asks. But, like, how do yeah. I do that in a way that people don't, like, just fucking obsess over it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, getting people to, d- getting people to do the thing is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's where, like, God, I- when, I'm th- when I'm there, like, my preference right now is not to mention it. And then yeah. if people ask, explain it. But like, that's not a rule book. I can't do yeah, that. That's not a thing like, you can put in a book. Like, only open this thing if you ask this question. <laughs> I'm like, well, now I need to know. Mm. Oh, God. Game design's a mistake and we should all not do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I'm kidding. I actually kind of love it. Um, all right. Well, I think it's time to like start wrapping this up. We've hit our hour. This has been lovely. Uh, I have got one surprise for you, though. Uh-oh. Uh, I've got oh I got to take the dust off of this thing. It's been sitting here for a while. I've got this crown oh. that I'm going to take off my my shelf here and place it upon your noble brow or your ch- chaotic monster <laughs> brow, as it were, uh, and make you the monarch of all gaming. Oh, no. uh, now, granted, I, like I've got to tell you, can't you can't keep this because you will get assassinated. Oh, okay. So, like for your own safety, I'm going to take it back after you make one decree. Okay. Now, this decree, everybody in gaming has to follow. Like so, wield this power responsibly, okay? What, what if you could make the gaming community or game design people uh, follow one rule from now until in- infinity? What would it be? So that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. 
Um, am I am I trying to improve the gaming community? I th- I think it's this is more your chance to be very opinionated. Uh, I a lot of them have been improvements. Some of them have been like I like this thing to happen, so please do that more. Okay. <laughs> um. So I think that everyone should tr- should should record and edit like one episode of an actual play podcast. Uh-huh. of them and their friend group playing like mm-hmm. like not like not not necessarily that you are going to even release this but i think that right. everyone who plays a game who like re- anyone who regularly plays tabletop games should go through the experience of producing at least one episode <laughs> of an actual play podcast uh-huh because my the way that i think about playing games the way i think about gming the way i think about writing games has totally changed because like it's a totally different weird mindset to be thinking like how am i going to turn this story around? like and specifically i guess um the people should do it the way that i do it <laughs> um uh-huh. where i think some people record and then they just like kind of cut a session into whatever hour long chunks but like the way that i do yeah. it is I try to hit like an hour long story arc that is part yeah. of the larger session story arc. So if I'm sitting down to play uh-huh. for three hours, I will have kind of three mini story arcs. And yeah. thinking about running a game that way, thinking about mm-hmm. playing that game, a game that way, changes mm-hmm. the way that you think about playing games and in a good way, because especially where like, and this is why I think everyone has to be on board. It can't be like, as the GM, just record your game group and then go edit it. It has to be yeah. everyone on board because the G- like. So like, if you're GMing and you just record your group and go and then go edit it, you will learn a lot about the way that you GM, and uh-huh. you will improve as a GM by doing that kind of like watching back the play the play game like the gameplay. Yeah. Um, and but I think that when you are sitting down together as a group of people with a common goal of let's make a podcast you all work together mm-hmm. to do that thing and even though yeah. you may not know where the story is going you may not necessarily if you are brandon know how much time is left um uh-huh. <laughs> but you but like you're all on board buying into this concept that like ultimately we are all going to work together to make this podcast yeah and i think that that is something that most people could take away to their regular game group uh-huh. And and like just be thinking about okay we're not we're not all working together to make a podcast but we are all working together to make fun for everyone yeah right and so I think that like inhabiting that brain space even if it's just as a one off like record for ourselves yeah I think is is important and then also you have yeah. that thing like I have I have yeah. um, I had a friend who aggressively took notes. Uh, of quotes and things that people said when we and we when we uh, played games just out of college, and I go back right. to those all the time and just laugh about yeah. all the stupid shit we said. Yeah, I definitely I want to talk about this in a second, but I'm going to take this crown because like oh, okay. they are com- they're coming oh, for you. Okay, I'm just yeah. going to take this. Thank you. Over there. All right, uh, but <laughs> I I definitely agree. Um, and like I've noticed even with like podcast like AP podcast fans. Just just be just listening to AP podcasts and getting used to that like hour long episode thing and like because and specifically like campaign uh, fans um, and, and and people who like 
already do what you're talking about on their podcast, which is like try to hit that hour yeah. bumper, like try to hit that that post to make a good cliffhanger or a good session end, not session, but like episode end. Um, in these mini arcs, even just people listening to those g- tend to go for that like dramatic, yeah, beat and like go. They they walk toward when they see when they see what you're doing and they see you're setting something up. They will just walk towards it instinctively because they know that, like that's a good thing. It's that that um, different in mindset of most people sit down. Not most people. A lot of people sit down to play tabletop games, and the thing that they're most interested in is their own fun. And when you yeah. have that like group communal thing that we're working towards, that's mm-hmm. when tabletop games really shine. And when you're uh-huh. doing a podcast, it's explicit that that's the thing you're working towards. When, exactly. When you're just playing as a group, like you still have that. It's still the group having fun. It's just harder to see. Yeah. It's less explicit. Yeah. Uh, being a fan of the other players is that, like, this is why, like, I, people say, oh, you're a good GM. I'm an okay GM. I'm good at putting a group together. Yeah. Cause, like, I know who will act like that and who will play well together and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's, um, a very good thing to do. Also, an, an unintended side effect of, like, so you know how, like, people who have been servers before are nicer to servers? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe if you knew how fucking hard doing an ap podcast was you'd be less a dick about it on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah no and i and i do uh, think that like i think there's a thing about you have to do it you can't just like listen because i've heard yeah. people listen to protean city and be like oh, i've improved as a gm so much and like i've just been like listening to the way that you guys gm and i'm like right but what you don't understand is all of the stuff that i cut yeah so yeah. like like what i've presented to you is an unrealistic standard of gming so you like, right but but understand understand that if you if you do it once then you could edit together a podcast you'll see the things that you cut out and you will see how good you sound as a gm and then when you listen to other people you'll understand like what they're doing what what is being cut like you'll hear all those things yeah for sure yeah i think it's a i think it's just a really good like overall life rule like yeah. not rule but like this is, a, this is a good decree is what i'm saying yeah. you did a good job it comes out of i was <laughs> it came out of uh i went to school for my degrees in film studies and uh-huh. one of the things that they 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 suggested was everyone should edit an episode of a tv show or something uh uh-huh. or make a student film and edit it because if you especially if you are not going to be an editor because if you could imagine the work that someone else is going to do to fix the things that you yes. don't do right. Or right. Like, if you think about it as a group project with you like, yeah. in the real time and the editor after you, then like you, you become a better person and a better, you, be- you become better at, at what you're doing by thinking about the whole process. So yeah, exactly. every- everyone should make at least one episode of an actual play podcast. Definitely. 100% subscribing, like, like subscribe to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gosh, well, this was a very good episode, James. Thank you very much. Uh, I was very worried because, again, it has been 10 years since I recorded a changelog, and I didn't know how well this would go. I was like... <laughs> well, I feel like... I feel, I feel a little bit like... I feel bad because I feel like we didn't talk about your game too much. I feel like I just talked about There wasn't much to change. The changelog was very short. Honestly, this... this this it, like it started out as being like a thirty minute podcast where I'm going to talk about the day. it has been it's just an excuse for me to interview cool people okay is all it is and it's not like an interview like yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not like there are other better like interview interview shows but like 
is a I think it's a pretty fun marriage between like a game design and interview. Yeah, it is, thing. if you will, a story prompt that leads to an open-ended <laughs> conversation. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just gonna. That's gonna be the outro right there. Done. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to put that on all my cards uh, if I had cards. Yep. All right. Uh, goodbye. Thanks for listening. And thanks to James for being our guest. Check him out on Stop, Hack, and Roll or Protean City Comics. A big thank you to Matt Lee for our intro and outro music. Follow him at Nice Wizard Music. Support us by following on Twitter at PlaytestPod. And remember, everyone, the world might suck sometimes, but you don't. And together we cannot let our relatives get away with saying bigoted shit around us during the holidays. Fight if you can, friends. Yeah, so it's been it's been a little bit. Like I went through the document I sent you and like just to brush up for myself. <laughs> yeah. I have now weirdly listened to a bunch of change logs, but none uh-huh. all the way through. I don't blame you. So I have listened no, great. but I, so like I have listened to the beginnings of some, the middles of others, uh-huh. and the ends of of, the, of still more others. Why did you why? I wanted to get I don't know. Just how I I do. Just no, no one was good enough for your full attention, though. Uh, I, I like to get the sense of the whole podcast across multiple people. <laughs> okay, and so I was trying to get a variety. Well, that's that's fair. That's fair. I get. You know, it's not though. I don't understand this at all. I'm not going to pretend you're an agent of chaos, and I won't have it. <laughs> that is true. That is a true thing about me. <laughs> you did poke to twi- poke angry Star Wars Twitter. <laughs> oh God, they're so angry. They're so. It, the thing is, you don't even have to poke them that hard. No. You should be near them.